Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today I'm excited to share with you a conversation that I had with author Oline Eaton. She has written a book called Finding Jackie, and I'm going to read the description about the book. It's very good, by the way. Highly recommend. It says, in Finding Jackie, Oline Eaton resurrects the Jackie Kennedy Onassis, who has been culturally erased, who we need now more than ever, not the first lady who was a paragon of femininity, fashion, American wifeliness, and motherhood, but rather the kaleidoscopic Jackie who emerged after the murder of her husband changed her world and ours. Here is the story of Jackie's reinvention into an adventurer, a wanderer, a woman, and an idea in whom many Americans and people around the globe have deeply, fiercely wanted to believe. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Also, this was recorded last week, so I talk about pre-ordering the book, and actually the book released today. So you can go order the book by clicking the direct link in the description of this episode. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Oline. Oline, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Before we get started, though, do you mind to please tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes. Um, so I currently live in Washington, D.C. with my two silly cats, Claude and Marcel. Um, I'm originally from the South. I was born in Memphis and we moved around a lot when I was a kid. Went to undergrad in Mississippi, grad school in Chicago, and then got my Ph.D. in London. So I've been around a bit. Um, and I'm super excited to talk about this book. I've been working on it since... I was like 22. <laughs> so it's very exciting that it's coming out at long last. I'm so excited about it too. It's excellent. So let's talk about it. How did your interest in Jackie begin? I, I mean, it sounds very mystical, but I was like 12 when she died. And I just, I don't know if anyone, if you or anyone listening to this remembers Channel One, which was a weird 12 minute news program that, that played in public schools around the U.S. And uh, they did, Anderson Cooper actually originally was on Channel One. That's, That's where he amazing. Started. I know. And so he had a special on Jackie's death, I think. And I was transfixed by it and wanted to know more. And someone had turned the volume off that day. So it was all these silent images and things. And so I just started reading about her. And I went home and wrote in my journal that I couldn't stop thinking about her and Richard Nixon. I had no idea I would spend like 30 years thinking about Jackie and Richard Nixon. But here we are. So it just became kind of a hobby. Like a friend, my family, we're big readers. We are big collectors and stuff. And I was just, I think, at the right age for her story to stick out with me. And there were these glaring gaps in it that I wanted to know more about as well. That's fantastic. I love that. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your findings about Jackie's public persona versus how she was when she was out of public view. So I was very... A lot, as I'm sure you know, uh, so many of the archives have not been processed at the Kennedy Library. Mm -hmm. There's so, there's, it, I was very lucky that a, a number of things were opened while I was doing this. So like the Nancy Tuckerman papers, the Mary Borelli Gallagher papers had already been opened. Um, but the Tuckerman papers in particular had some, just a lot of memos and things from the 70s and the late 60s, so post-JFK years. And that was extremely helpful in kind of giving insight into 
how she like some some public statements that weren't released about how she didn't want to be portrayed as is just spending all the money and stuff that she wanted mm-hmm. less money focused stories just some of the, those inter-office memos and stuff about the the press was really 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 interesting to read but then also just my research process was to look through the newspapers day by day by day googling every single version of her name that was available and I think doing that in that way also enabled me to see certain dynamics that might not have been visible otherwise so for example when the Mary Borelli Gallagher book comes out in 1969 recognizing that there was a leak of of Jackie's White House office memos and stuff and that that actually probably came from Mary Thayer van Rensselaer because she had access to those documents and so just kind of Nancy drewing the story together, essentially, um, which was a lot of fun. But I think it does give us a lot more insight into not that she was manipulating the press, just trying to navigate living her life in the full glare of the press and also the dealing with the tension of being portrayed in ways that weren't true to who she was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are a few interesting details that you uncovered about her marriages with JFK and with Aristotle Onassis? Honestly, the marriage to JFK remains an incredible mystery to me. I don't quite, I, I, I still, I, yeah, I think that's, that's the part that interested me the least because I just don't really understand that and never will, obviously. Um, I think the marriage to Onassis is really interesting to think, and then, but all, all of the really any relationships that anybody has are really interesting mm-hmm. to think about. Because, hers especially with Onassis because of the trauma of her husband's murder and her brother-in-law's murder. And I don't see that entirely as a trauma response. I think she was probably going to marry him before before Robert Kennedy's death. Um, But trying to, the whole book is an effort to kind of put grief back into the story in a way that I don't think it's really been in the previous biographies. And with our better understanding of trauma and how trauma works, I think that does give a much clearer picture of of how difficult her life was at times. And how that affected her subsequent relationships as well. And, and I think that does surface in the relationship with JFK as well. The, the early financial instability when she was younger and, and all of that is, is clearly at play um, in that first marriage too. So one of the things that you highlight on and that I love so much is how Jackie's so brilliant and witty and deep and the world doesn't typically celebrate this about her because they typically only, you know, admire her for her style. So what are your favorite parts of Jackie's personality that you discovered through this project? I think the thing that immediately pops to mind when you ask that is there's a a line in a letter she wrote to Jack Kennedy about our memo when she was in the White House about how they'd opened all these new archaeological sites in Egypt and Sudan. And, and if she were a man, she would love to go there. And it's, that just, that guts me. I, I gutted me when I found it in the archive, it continues to gut me of like how much this person who spent the whole rest of their life going to ruins and archeological sites and seeing things and who loved art and culture and all this stuff. And there she is in the white house and, you know, arguably the most powerful one in America as the first lady and is like, oh, if I were a man, I would go do this. <laughs> and, and doesn't ever see that as an option for herself. Um, so I think kind of thinking about that and the way that books were such an important part of her life. And so these little, especially like little tidbits that I found in the archives, which kind of just reinforced things that I'd already, that were already present in the existing biographies, but we didn't have her own words testifying to them. 
I think those things about travel and reading and art and culture and beauty, um, it's easy to say someone just loves shopping and I love shopping as well. Um, but to think about the deeper, the deeper drives that are motivating that and also that they love surrounding themselves with beautiful things and seeing new stuff and experiencing new things. That's, I thought that was really interesting to dig into more. Yeah, added to it. It's wonderful. So you have a lot of fun stories that I had never read before. So what are some of your favorite stories or what is your actually favorite story about Jackie's life that you learned from your research for this book? The thing about the potato field, I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's because when you read a lot about when you read a lot about someone for years and years and years, and then you find something that you've just never heard of. And it's it's that that story about her being in Poland at her brother-in-law's brother's funeral. And this crowd of people just coming at her and, as fans and and chasing her away from the funeral into a potato field and across it and her running to get away from them. And this street, this person driving a streetcar up on a hill, stopping and letting her in and taking her to the police. That it was a pretty big story at the time. And it really wasn't, I think when I went back and looked, it was in one of the, one of the like 70 paperback biographies, maybe briefly mentioned, but it's, it's, it's striking partly because it's just almost unimaginably wild, uh, yeah. but it is it, it's also very scary. Um, and it seems to have frightened her a lot because Nancy Tuckerman, her um, spokesperson came out and said, you know, this is the most frightened she's ever been in her life, which that's a pretty big statement. Um, and I think it did it did result in her not going to the opening of the Kennedy Center as well, because this had happened right before that. And that's one that really sticks out uh, as quite just like an astounding gap. And I think there are a few others, like just I was not aware of the number of threats that were made against her, the the bomb threats. And um, mm -hmm. like when they went to Belfast, she went to Belfast with Ari, Onassis being, you know, held a jacker's gunpoint when he was trying to negotiate with uh, some people who had taken, had hijacked an Olympic Airways plane. Um, just the the level of day-to-day -day violence throughout the whole story, I think, had really been drained from it in a lot of the accounts. And putting that back in really kind of reestablishes just what a significant thing it is that she was able to live her life and stay sane, as she said in a conversation with Stephen Spender. She said that was her greatest accomplishment. And I think this really does demonstrate that a bit more clearly than we've had in the past. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How do you feel that Jackie changed both publicly to the public, but then also privately when going from not the men, but her as a person from Kennedy to Onassis? It, I guess one thing I, that struck me was just the the removal of financial insecurity, which if anyone, yeah. I certainly, when I was in grad school, I was always stressed about money and it, you know, it's that, that anxiety that, that sticks with you afterwards for sure. Um, but that sense of her being beholden to the Kennedys while she was a widow and them not necessarily taking very good care of the widows of their sons and suddenly having that freedom to not have to worry about that in terms of buying stuff yeah but also security feeling more secure and feeling taken care of and stuff that's I think a big shift Absolutely. that um yeah mm -hmm, that seems really really important yeah and of course I, with that I even think about 
not just the financial security for her at that point, but also for her children to feel safe Mm -hmm. and secure. And, you know, that was him having that island was a huge plus for her. So you can kind of Mm -hmm. sympathize and understand why she would want to make that shift for sure. Yeah. Which is not to say that it entirely panned out okay with the safety and stuff. Like there was a kidnapping plot against JFK Jr. in the right, 1973. Right, right. Yeah. So there were all there were all these constant threats, but at least for a moment, for a moment right. it probably did it, it seems and certainly from the outside it looks like it was very free for a time. Absolutely. What do you hope that your readers will take away from reading this book? I think my number one goal is I want people out there to read this and find uh, stories within it that I because I left a lot of um, breadcrumbs in it that I did not follow up on and stuff and culturally and with Jackie as well just things I don't think I'm the writer to do or they didn't quite fit with my book and the story that was that was developing um, and so I really do hope that there will be other Jackie people who, who decide oh much like I did of seeing parts of the story that were left out or gaps or things that were being actively erased and that they'll they'll read this book and it'll excite them and maybe 10 20 two years, however long, um, that it will, it will somehow carry her story forward and lead to new pieces of her story coming out and being, or being written and discovered and imagined. That is wonderful. Guys, you can pre-order Finding Jackie by clicking the direct link to purchase in the description of this episode. And it releases so soon on January 31st, which is very exciting. I highly recommend it. Oline, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss when new episodes are available. Rate the podcast five stars and write a positive written review on Apple Podcasts because that would mean so much to me and it helps the podcast. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next week. Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America strong. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.